Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. Now, I need to come right out and apologize to you all because the last episode I put out was about a month and a half or two months back, I believe, and I told you all I'll be with you next week. And well, being it's like a month or two later, obviously that was not the truth. And I want to apologize for that. And in that time span, I've been thinking a lot and mulling over just my life and the things that I'm doing. And uh, I've been working on this podcast off and on for the last two and a half years since like late 2017. And I'm at a point now where I've kind of gone back and forth on whether or not I want to keep doing it. And I've really have been having to ask myself, what am I really passionate about doing and what do I really want to put my time into? And I've spread myself too thin. And so I've realized basically that making this podcast is not something that I'm super passionate about in uh, comparison to other things like photography and writing and music and playing instruments. And so I'm going to lay down my torch after this episode, uh, at least for the time being, I, I, I guess there's always a chance it comes back at some point later, but I feel like that this is probably the end of the road for the Freelance Friday podcast. So thank you all to all the listeners that have been here for any length of time. And uh, I'm really glad that we could have shared a little bit of space in this life together. And I've got one final interview for you before I sign off. And it is with Adam Anderson. He's a Renaissance man. He does a lot of really great work. Definitely want to check him out. He goes by Ace. And without further delay, let's talk to Ace. Buster film acting career. The perfect blockbuster film acting career. What does that look like? I mean, I just want to be making blockbuster films every year. At least one. At least one a year. Maybe doing a TV series... You know, starring in a TV series or two. Yeah. Well, I am into a lot of shit, you know, but I also am a very profound thinker and I know a lot about everything. And so... Uh, I have a lot of ideas that can help people. And I know that I would best be able to implement those ideas if I had influence and clout and fame. Right. So the goal is to use the best skill that I have, which is acting, to amass the wealth and the fortune that I need to amass then I can implement all of the ideas that I want to implement. Um, I can, you know, I can hire the people that want to hire. I can, you know, any idea that comes to mind, I could bring to fruition. Uh, and I'm really good at storytelling. I'm really good at speaking truth. And it feels like I was born for it. So... Man. That's cool, dude. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate it. And I was kind of yeah, inviting me, man. Yeah, dude. Because we haven't like actually sat down, have a, had a conversation. I feel like 
you know, you've been doing a lot of stuff around Dallas. I've been doing a lot of stuff around Dallas. Yeah, yeah. But and our paths have crossed every now and again. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh yeah, that that dude's cool. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we've never. I, we've never moved past that. There so was I like guess. one, there was like that one time, I think at Wax Space, it was like whatever it was. And I was like, okay, cool. We actually like sat down and talked for a bit. I was like, okay, this dude seems pretty chill. Yeah. We got to make this happen again. Yeah. You were telling me about your freelance situation over at, uh, over there, right? Like, yeah. Cause you have an office or you had an I office. I did. Yeah. There. Now we're here. Right. Yeah. Coronavirus yeah, and all that stuff made like business kind of dipped a bit. And then, uh, getting a place with Ashley, like all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it just kind of was like, well, the whole reason I ever uh, like didn't work from home was because I was by myself all the time and yeah. I worked by myself. And so I'm like, if I'm at home all day working by myself and I'm at home all night by myself, I'm just by myself all the time. <laughs> and so I would go to, to an office or co-working space to be able to be around other people. Yeah. Well, now leaving with somebody else, I'm like, I don't need that. I can, mm-hmm. you know, if she's gone working all day and I'm home by myself all day, that's cool because she'll mm-hmm. be home at night and I'm not by myself. Right. Or if she works from home, then I'm not home alone working all day. So right. I'm like, save some money. Let's keep all the gear right here mm-hmm. so I'm not having to like go across town to grab stuff for a shoot or I got to go export something and I forgot right. about this for a client or like right. something like that. So it is, there's something to be said about having a separate space though. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to kind of, I know you do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of this um, podcast in particular is geared more towards the professional side of things and the mm-hmm. business. And, and so uh, I would love to hear kind of what your story is uh, to get to where you are today. Man, um, well, to sum it up, I found out that I was an artist when I was 10 years old. Uh, I auditioned for... Um, um, middle School of the Arts in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's called Bach Middle School of the Arts. And performing arts school had several different disciplines. And my mom, while my parents were getting a divorce, was looking for maybe not so much a distraction, but like, you know, something to keep my mind off of the mm-hmm. divorce. Um, and so she had me audition for uh, this school. And, you know, I always carried around a sketchbook and I was always doing um, little skits and stuff. You know, just I was just a very creative kid, um, always playing with Legos. And so my uh, so we had me audition uh, for drawing, for visual arts for the school. But the thing about the school was that... Um, you were allowed to put down a second major. Um, so I auditioned for uh, visual arts. And then my mom was like, oh, you do some skits and stuff. So why don't you, you know, what what, what would your other major be? And we were like, oh, theater. Theater sounds good. So I auditioned for visual arts. Didn't get in for visual arts, but I got in for theater. From that moment, I was just down. Like I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm an actor. I got in for acting. That that means that I'm an actor. This is what I want to do. And my dad had um uh recorded cassettes of uh 
of Saturday Night Live highlights of Eddie Murphy, you know, Eddie Murphy and um, uh, what's the other? I mean, I know I know for sure it was um, Eddie Murphy that he had the George Washington Carver sketch, you know, um, and so I transcribed that and I did that for my audition. And that's why I got in. Um, and I knew watching that, growing up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all of these shows on TV, it was like, oh, I can literally do that. And now I'm about to go to school where they're going to teach me how to do that. And then that was my MO for the rest of my life. So I ended up going to the high school of the performing arts. I auditioned, got into that school. Then I auditioned for um, about 11 colleges um, <clears throat> all of which, or I got, I got into six of them and SMU gave me the most money. That's how I ended up in Dallas. Uh, they paid for 80% of my, uh, tuition, which was amazing. And that was all through acting scholarships. So throughout my life, I've had these stepping stones that have told me acting is the thing like ACE, you're good at acting. Just keep down this path. And, and that's always just proven to be true. And so, I've never been one to really argue with the universe, argue with fate, like, because, I mean, what am I going to do? It's the universe. Like, they, it gave me these skills. I'm going to fight it, you know? Um, it's the whole universe, and I'm one person. So I've been very accepting of whatever comes. Like, this is where my life is kind of telling me to go, despite the fact, like, I've tried to quit theater several times. I've tried to quit acting. They're like, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, school. I want to be an engineer because, you know, I always play with Legos, so I thought I wanted to be an architect and, like, go to school for a different thing. But my grades weren't good enough for that. My, I wasn't conscientious enough for that. You know, I wasn't, like, a planner. I wasn't good with time management, you know, at all, ever. I was definitely a creative. I was definitely an artist. And so, and my life kept pulling me back into that. Every time I would want to quit, I would win an award for something that I didn't realize I was even in competition for. And then it would be like, oh, you're pulling this. Or, you know, I go to, I, you know, I was going to go to um, uh, FAU for uh, engineering. And then, you know, me and my dad get into an argument and, Instead, I want to go to the school farthest away from Florida, you know, so that's why I picked SMU. And so now I'm pulled back to theater again, where I could have been be doing engineering. I could have been on this other path, which I feel like would have been way more monotonous. But um, but some way I ended up back into acting. So now my my uh, then then after after I graduated uh, SMU, I got a, um, <clears throat> I ended up um, getting a job as a graphic designer for the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. And again, I wasn't doing acting. All of a sudden, uh, my, my roommate tells me about this uh, theater gig that's happening at, at Jubilee, um, at Jubilee Theater in Fort Worth. And he tells me he sh I should audition because, you know, it's a black theater and obviously they're looking for black talent. I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll go. You know, I trust my, my friend. So, um, so I go. But I wasn't like looking for any theater, any sort of, um, any, I wasn't looking for anything like that. End up auditioning for the role, for this role. I get it. Uh, that role uh, performs in 2014. I end up winning Best Actor 
um, for 2014 for that role. Um, and then the artistic director and associate artistic director from Dallas Theater Center saw that show. Um, this is while I'm a graphic designer at the symphony. I'm like, I'm, you know, like everybody's thinking I'm going to move to New York. I'm letting everybody down. Why aren't you in LA? Why aren't you doing this? You know, Ace is staying home, staying in Dallas. Like, what is he doing? But now I do this show, the artistic director of Dallas Theater Center, Tony Award Regional Theater in um, Texas, comes down to see the show. They love my work. And they're like, hey, we want you to be in the acting company with 10 other elite Dallas actors, right? Uh, so now I'm going to be working with them to just offer me a job, right? Just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I didn't have to fight for it. Like, people kill for that type of shit, you know? People are, like, I mean, it's 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 super mean girls in uh, in theater school. I'm going to tell you that. Like, everybody is, it's like a doggy dog. And, um, and, and here was just kind of handed to me, right? And who am I to say no? You know, I have a saying, like, God says go, don't say no. You know, it's just like you can't you can't really fight it. You can't fight the you can't fight your skills. You can't fight what you were made up to be. And so I've always had this vision of being a, you know, just being a a film actor, like having the same level of influence as Will Smith, but with the level of skills that I have. Right. Because Will Smith can't do everything that I can do. Mm. Um, so if I had that same ability, if I had that same sort of, um, if I had that same influence, um, imagine what I would be able, what I'd be capable of. Cause I can do so much now. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, I mean, I've always had, I've always felt that calling towards, towards the arts, towards creation. I just want to build. And, um, it's partly because, you know, I think names are very powerful and, you know, my government name is Adam. I was born Adam. And, um, and so, and my dad is very, uh, he's very religious and he named me Adam because I was his first son. Right. And so the first man and the first man is a creator, right? He's a little God. And I've always thought, of myself as that, like this creator. I have to be, uh, I'm born to be a creator. I'm from the earth and I'm made to give back to the earth. And it's only like, like it's crazy that I would marry a vegan, (laughs) you know, and then become plant-based. And now I'm eating of the earth and giving back to the earth and creating and, and building and, um, with with dreams of creating a Garden of Eden on Earth, you know that actually could exist, especially with technology. Like we can create uh, not not necessarily a utopia because utopia doesn't don't exist, right? The perfection will never exist, but a place where where unnecessary destruction ceases, right? There does there's no need for things to to for us to lie to each other, right? A place where where lying 
doesn't exist, where we don't have to lie to each other. We can all trust each other. We can all be truthful to each other and we can all be patient with each other as we grow to whatever we're going to become. We could actually build a space like that on earth if we all each individually get our shit together. If we individually find our passion, find our unique purpose, you know, follow our dream. If we get our life right, then what happens? When you get your life right, what happens? Things go well for you typically. You right. kind of start to see the path and, and, and even if it's not necessarily easy, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes, you know, struggle and pain and, and whatnot to get through the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have definitely found in my life that there seems to be some sort of like a calling or a path. Mm-hmm. And there are things that seem to be inescapable that I can't get away from that. Holy shit. If I don't do something or say something about this, it's going to drive me crazy because mm-hmm. it's like somebody screaming in it's my head, truth. say something, yes. do something. That's that truth, that, that truth bug, man. It's yeah. like telling you, hey, speak, you, you have something that you need to say, right? And, and, and God was, is a creator. And how do you create? Through word, mm-hmm. through speaking. You say, let there be, and there is. That means you're a God, right? And if you don't say it, then you're lying. If you don't say it, you're lying. Yeah. Thinking is acknowledging truth. That's all thinking is. When you think about stuff, you're, you're thinking about shit that's already there. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about stuff that's already been thought. But when you think, you're acknowledging the truth of the patterns that are going through your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And if you disregard those truths, right? That's a lie. You deceive, your, you deceive yourself, right? And when you deceive yourself, you skip over that. You pretend that that's not there. Then that thing grows. It festers. It becomes a monster. It becomes a dragon. It becomes the worst possible thing that it could, that could, it, it could ever be. And the only way through it is to release it as truth. Mm-hmm. It has to be acknowledged, that truth has to be acknowledged or else it's just going to grow yeah. into something terrible. But if you speak truth, if you live a good life, if you get your shit together, not only do you get your shit together, but everybody else has an opportunity to get their shit together. Because they're seeing like, oh shit, Casey's like, he's, this dude's, he's doing his shit, man. Like he's, okay, like I, I, I see by example, like this is a good guy. Like, you're a cool person. Shit, I should, I should be like that. And you mm-hmm. trust me, and I, I don't have any reason to not trust you. And, right. Right? Like, and, and when I trust you, the best part of me opens itself up to the best part of you. And it asks you, hey, look, my hand is out. I'm trusting you. Don't stab me in the back, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't stab me in the back. Then we establish that trust, and then we ignite, we're truthful with each other the entire time. Throughout our entire relationship, we balance that truth, that trust. Hey, I'm still here, right? Like, remember, I'm, I'm free. Like, you could stab me anytime, right? And so I'm showing you my hands are up. Your, your hands are up. Like, we're good. Don't, don't, don't fuck with that trust. Don't lie to me. You know what I'm saying? Don't lie to me. You know what I'm saying? Be, and, and, yeah. and sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it's difficult to, to be trusting and to be, true, and to be truthful to people because the truth is scary. 
But you uh, gotta it leaves you in a really vulnerable position too, yeah, right? Absolutely, right. absolutely. But that's the only way to be. That's yeah. also the bravest position. Yeah. Right? Because the a vulnerable position is standing up with your chest out. Mm-hmm. And that's where <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how you easily die. <laughs> like, hey, this is how I am, this is what's up, like take it or leave it. Right, exactly. But those that's the most confident, that's the bravest, that's yeah. the ready for adventure. And it's funny because people will be insecure, worried about that, or kind of like, uh, I don't know, what are people going to think of me if I'm this way? But really, the people that are like that are the ones that people tend to look up to and idolize. And like, that's like you're talking about, like mm-hmm. setting that example Absolutely. for other people because we really do need examples of stuff to follow mm-hmm. versus just like hearing stuff. It's not just by hearing, like, we got to be doers of stuff yeah. too, right? Yeah, man. Like, I used to pride myself on being the friend, the straight edge, the straight edge friend. You know, didn't, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke. Like, and we're talking about high school, you know, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink until I was 21. I didn't smoke until I was 23. Um, Now I do all that shit, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like that was really good because, and I didn't have sex until I was 21. Um, That all helped because it allowed me to, properly integrate those things into my life. I feel like if I had started too early, I would have ended up like a lot of my friends ended up where they they let that get to they let it get out of hand, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. if you if you allow sex to come into your life, you're a fucking teenager, right? Like I mean, and that's the struggle with these teenagers with fucking porn right now, right? Like because <laughs> you have you have all of this access to to sex and 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 drugs and and drinking and alcohol, right? If you're a kid, if you're a kid, you're not properly you don't you not like even, really properly equipped to be able to handle exactly. that. Stuff. You know how to process it? Yeah, you don't, I don't really know, know how what's to put going that on. into my life. Yeah. I'm going to abuse it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, then I'm going to think I need to depend on it because that's how I've grown up. And, and a lot of the examples they have around are also like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you mentioned that you were, so through that you said that you were like, okay, I got to follow this. Like, I feel like this is a calling mm-hmm. this path and that like, I got to live in truth mm-hmm. and follow this stuff. So you were, well, you said you were a designer at DSO mm-hmm. and doing that stuff and getting acting stuff. Um, and I mean, I see the stuff you're doing now where at least from the, like the outside perspective, from somebody that like mostly knows you through social media, seem to like a bit of a Renaissance man doing design work and music and photography. And you got what seems to be a pretty, um, like widely viewed or successful YouTube channel. Uh, what, like, where's the business in that for you? Or what is like, where's the, I guess, since you were a DSO and doing that acting stuff, like what's kind of the storyline since then? So what I've been trying to figure out is how to become a fully integrated human being. The problem with being a Renaissance man is that all of these skills are very powerful in their own way, but until they're organized, they're just distractions. So I might be making a song here, doing that, and then I might be, you know, designing a business card here, and I might be filming something over here, and I might be doing a little play reading over there. But what's the goal? 
where the fuck are you going, man? Like, where, where are you, who, where exactly are you going? And so what coronavirus has allowed me to do is to spend time with just myself and look at everything that I do and organize it. What's at the top? And I had to realize that acting is at the top. This is, this is my, this is what I will do no matter what. If I was fucking butt naked, broke, out on the street, I would be an actor still, right? So that got that down. Then I, then I looked at the secondary to be my design capacity. I just love being a creative. I love branding. That's just my, my second passion. Then thirdly, uh, media, filming, photography, adding in all of those uh, aspects of my life. And now that I've gotten those things figured out, I've been able to figure out how they work together. And so acting, making music, writing, all of those things, um, I, I would put at the top. I want to write every day. I want to write stuff that I can perform every day. I want to, because that's, that's the best, that's the image that I want to put out. That's why I want casting directors to see. When people go to my social media, I want them to see Ace as an actor. He's a dope-ass performer, to say the least, right? Like, I might be rapping on something. I might be, you know, just speaking truth. I might be doing a monologue, or, you know, you might see a reel or a film or something that I did. Um, But I want that to be at the forefront. Then I'm a brander, so I can brand my shit and put it all together. Um, So I'm figuring out how to get my website together and get my, you know, um, just get my brand, the image all into one thing um, where I can use it and, and I can just process like every idea that I have properly. So it's not, and I can prioritize them. Right, because I might have an idea to make a song, but maybe I shouldn't be making songs because it's not really like the the whole thing needs to be all in one. So what I've realized watching Gabrielle and and helping her, like, because basically I'll give her an idea, she implements it, and then I see it work, and then she's very conscientious and consistent, so she'll keep it going, right? But for me, I'll like do it once, and then like I'm on to the next thing. Mm. but watching her and her consistency, I now have a framework. I can test things on her, right? And I can be like, okay, what works? So we're working on a cookbook right now. So I'm helping her design the entire cookbook. We're running email campaigns. We're going to do the entire aspect. I know how to do all of this stuff. And I, but I need a client. Right. <laughs> it's get, hard to do it for you know, yourself. I, yeah, I can't do it yeah, for myself. Yeah. So, so, getting, so having her as the client, then I can have, I can see her as an example of what to do for myself and how to implement for myself. So, so watching her like make songs every day and, um, you know, she makes songs every day for recipes and she's just like making new videos, just always putting out content regularly. I'm trying to get on that wave, but because I do so many things, I've been like, I'm like, I'm still like you feel like you get pulled every direction yeah. and, and you're like okay I got to dial I got to dive real deep into photography and do this stuff and then you like get, get a bunch of stuff done and you take your head up and you're like fuck a week and a half has gone by yeah, yeah, and you're like exactly. oh, I didn't do all the other stuff for the right. last week and a half so exactly. how do I do all of the things yeah. it's just like and so yeah. and so I started to 
like <laughs> do do client work less and less. So I've been taking like outside clients and I've been just focusing on her. So so what's crazy is that I've invested most of my money into Gabrielle. This is all pre-quarantine. But now the quarantine is happening and her social media is booming. She's making way more money. And so I can just take on, like, I don't have to work, right? Like, I can just go and do my commercial gigs and do commercial acting, any, like, little gigs. But those gigs come every, you know, once every month, two months, right? Those checks aren't coming steadily. But with her social media, like, brand sponsorships and shit, she got those checks coming regularly, right? So the fact that I have now invested in her has allowed me to now chill and figure my shit out. Because before, it was the opposite. Before quarantine, um, you know, my acting salary was paying for both of us. And then she could kind of have the time to get her social media on board and figure out what she wants to do and figure out her voice. And now she has her thing. I haven't found my thing yet. Like, I know who I am. I know what my brand is. But I... I haven't found the thing that I do every day and like how to make it a consistent, you know, I haven't, I haven't gotten that yet. And so I've been using the quarantine time to really dive into that, you know, like every day I'm just like, okay, getting these projects done, trying to get my calendar together, you know, um, figuring out how I, when I have a new idea, like how do I make sure that the idea doesn't get lost, but it doesn't like take over the more important shit. Right, it doesn't become a new thing on the top before you finish exactly. the other ones. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now, man. I mean, like, I'm I'm working, I'm doing commercials, I'm doing films every every month or so. Um, still auditioning. I just auditioned for a series um, in New York that I was, like, the second dude. I was, like, second in line for, but, um, but it didn't work out. But the producers, they... Mm, the producers, they love me, and they sent my managers um, a message saying, like, they they really would love to work with me, and they're looking forward to finding a role for me. So that's really good to have them fucking looking for a role for you, mm-hmm. which is dope. Um, but, damn, man, that'd be one step closer to the dream, man, because, I mean, once I get on an episodic recurring role, my face is out there. It's going to be way easier for me to get auditions and way more people will consider me, right? And it'll be more about taping. Like, so, like, let's say, um, so now they're casting a show. They'll be like, yo, send this to Ace because we want we want to see if he would be right for this part. As opposed to me going to a cattle call and then have an audition with 5,000 people, and then maybe they'll look at my tape, and then maybe they'll, you know. So it's just like one step closer to the game, especially if I'm in an episodic, if they see my work over a span of time, um, you know, because like five episodes, that's five months, you know, um, five months of filming. If I do that, then um, they'd see my work. I Like, I'm great to work with. People love working with me, so that would go over well then you know after then after that it's pretty much like it's pretty much donezo like you know just because i'll nail the audition i just need to be seen i just need people to know who i am uh and that's that's really where i'm at right now and so that's why i'm so focused on the social media trying to build the same brand that she's done because it's crazy man like she's 
she started way later than me. She's obviously she had less followers and stuff than I did. I had like 2000 followers. Now I have like 3000 followers. She has like 40, 50,000 followers on her shit, you know, and like she's been just getting that she has a million likes, a million or so likes on TikTok and, mm. you know, running her YouTube channel and she's going live. And I'm like real proud of her. It's, it's like fucking That's wild, man. Wild. I want to get her on here too at some yeah. point. What, uh, so you mentioned that she's at like 40 grand on Instagram right now. Yeah. What, like what's been the time span between like that growth? Uh, a year and a half. Wow. Year and a half. That's bro. wild. Yeah, that's wild, yeah. man. Last year. So the stuff you've been doing is working for her, then basically yeah, helping out. Absolutely, a hundred percent, man. Because the first thing I told her, and this was from my work at the symphony, and then I started my own graphic design company, um, and that's where I do all my freelance work through, um, and and from all of that time, I knew you got to get your social media handles to be all the same. <laughs> Right. They got to be one thing. You can't be having like, you know, great vegan, you know, 2.2. And then on Twitter, you find me at one great vegan. And then on Instagram, find me at great vegan IG. You know, it's like, nah, you can't do that. You got to put it all together. You got to make sure it's one thing. It just needs to be, oh, that's one great vegan. Boom. Everybody, anybody from anywhere. One great vegan at Gmail, one great vegan hashtag, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so I made sure that I made her a logo. I made sure her brand was consistent. Like once I made the colors, she stuck to them a lot. I can't tell you how many clients that I have that I give them brand colors and then everything they're doing is everything but the colors in the brand, in the logo. <laughs> but, you know, I gave her the purple and she just ran with it. She's like getting purple napkins and purple cups and like, you know, just like making it a full brand, a fully integrated thing. And she she saw the vision that I. Well, I saw her vision fully and then gave it to her so that she could like actually see it. She saw it in her mind. Then I gave it to her. Now she sees it and then she fucking took that whole shit, yo. And like I'm I'm so I'm like, "Wow, this shit is actually working, man." That's crazy, man. It's crazy. So where did you, where is your design background or your like branding background come from? Cuz if you went to school for acting and all that stuff. I yeah, mean, so um <laughs> funny story, I was uh going to I was running to be the senior president of SDA in my high school. And I was trying to get this guy to do all of my graphics for it. And he like put something together and it was kind of shitty. And I was like, hey, like, how did you do it? Can you fix this? He was like, nah, man, I'm not fixing this shit. Like, he's like, I did it in Photoshop. And so, he, t- he told me how to get Photoshop. I illegally downloaded it. <laughs> you know, like I pirated it. <laughs> Somehow I'd like tore into some shit. And then I, um, and then I just practiced. I started practicing on, on Photoshop. Uh, and then when I went to SMU, so like that was, you know, I had like a year, two years of practice on it. When I went to SMU, I had a pretty good, you know, I'd done a couple of things like in terms of photoshopping and, you know, cutting things out and putting in, you know, putting together documents and, you know, um, I created some programs and some flyers at my school. And so at SMU, 
when I was up for a work study job, I didn't want to work in the theater like everybody else was doing. Like all the theater kids were working at the, as a theater job. And I was like, no, nah, I want to do something else. Like this is a job opportunity. I can like use that to get some experience. I don't need experience in theater. Like I've been doing this my whole life. I don't need more experience in that. And it would have been just like doing a you know wig or wardrobe or some shit like that. I'm like that's not really... Like, I have so much respect for everybody who loves to do that, but that's not my, that's not my path. So uh, I was, like, looking at a bunch of jobs, and the assistant to the graphic designer of the school was available. And so, um, so I interviewed for it, and they, you know, I had I used the stuff from my portfolio from high school and got in. I got the gig and over the four years being the assistant graphic designer um I got more and more design opportunities under her and I just learned a lot because I was taking apart her documents and you know um anything that needed to change I was changing colors now I had to use InDesign and Illustrator and other stuff and so um I got really interested in wanting to um, and wanting to learn more about design. And they had just started a graphic design minor that I was going to try to um, go for. I ended up taking like three or four classes, but not enough to qualify for the minor. Uh, but anyway, I like just learning through that, I became a star pupil. My teacher really loved me. Cheryl Mendenhall is an amazing mentor. Um, and uh, just working with her, like I would work one on one with her, and you know she just like I'd meet with her, um, and she kind of coach me and tell me about stuff. But she always told me I kind of had the eye already, you know, and so um, and so I just like uh, oh so I started doing the posters and stuff for the theater. Um, Every and any show that was going on, there was so many student productions and stuff. I became the poster maker, right? The design guy, and um, and then that allowed me to sort of expand my business sense and create the preliminary foundation for my design company now, um, where I started like you know just getting freelance gigs and doing you know a poster for fifty bucks here or whatever, twenty five bucks there, and. Um, uh, <clears throat> I became known for that. So then by the time I graduated, um, I had a large portfolio of all this design work that I had done, all these um, from projects from the school and as well as um, designing for the theater. I had so much stuff. And so I was a perfect fit for this new um, junior graphic designer position that was happening in the, at the Dallas Symphony Orchestra because they were they had actually just um, they had just uh, what was it they had fired their outsourced graphic design company and they wanted to bring their designers in house and so he was looking for a senior designer and a junior designer. So then I had another opportunity because I, now I was a junior designer at a at an actual institution, and like I was only designing for this company. And um, but then because I was a junior to a senior, I was working with a senior designer from Neiman Marcus, right? Like, and she had a really extensive background. She's twenty years and you know twenty years of experience, and so that was like a great learning opportunity. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting paid to you know learn, and it was like thirty five thousand dollars. I was, I think I was making 
Um, but I'm like, damn, man, I'm getting paid to, you know, uh, I'm getting paid to learn how to design. And, you know, I got to go on the press runs and like, I'm like, this is cool. Um, and, you know, as it happens with, with my career always, you know, I quickly rose to the top, you know, they ended up firing the senior designer just cause, you know, my boss was terrible, was stupid, but, um, ended up firing the senior designer, brought in a couple designers that I was way better than, um, but they had 20 years of experience. And so then they ended up letting them go. Then I rose to the top by, you know, within two years, I was making like $15,000 more, um, than I was making in the beginning. And, uh, and then my, my, uh, other partner designer that they had hired became my best friend. I don't know if you met her, Jess Rhodes, mm-hmm. Jessica Rhodes. Um, she was another designer, great graphic designer. She had a f- architecture background. Um, but we, we were the same age, you know, we, we kind of hit it off, you know, we went out a couple of times and, um, and, uh, she's just super, super dope. And we decided to go into business together. And she helped me. Uh, she helped me in the first couple stages of building the Stripe Heart. And um, and so uh, we were like, fuck this and decided that we wanted to leave the symphony um, because my boss was my boss was terrible, man. He was honestly yeah, just he was the worst, the, <laughs> the worst. Uh, he no, he no longer works there, um, but every now and again he'll come and see my shows at Dallas Theater Center and then leave after the first act. Like, like fuck you, motherfucker! Yo. Like, this is a stupid bitch. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope I like, can come say and that stay for the here. show, man. <laughs> if you're gonna come, yeah, sit it out and stay exactly, for the whole thing. Yo. Oh my god. And the crazy thing is, like, I was nothing but nice to the guy. You know, it's like I had it just right up until the end, all of a sudden I became public enemy number one just because we wanted to dip out. Like, we wanted to leave. We didn't. It was it was terrible. It was it. He was super condescending. Like, we would show him work. We would spend weeks on on things and he'd be like, no, and just start over. Like, just, and he what had not, he didn't have a graphic design background, mm. completely underqualified for the mm. position that he was in. He was great, like, a, he had a great business sense and he was great in having, like, these wild concepts that really worked. And that's why he was hired. Like, he had a, he had an understanding of how to, like, get things into gear, but he became power hungry, you know, and it became really, it just became a toxic environment and how he was treating, he was a bad manager. Mm. I would say that he was, okay. he was good at, he had good business ideas, but he was bad at working with people. Okay. You got to be good at working with people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We started up this company and I was doing freelance. Um, you know, we brought a couple other people on board and they helped us really grow the business. We got a little spot. But then with the business, it real like it, what I what I realized is that I mean, I think we all kind of realized it. We were trying to head in different directions with the company. And basically because because the company is essentially made up of all of my skills it's it was hard to figure out how to really ethically make it a business because it's me 
Right. Right. Like, okay. like Jess was a designer and, you know, and I'm a designer as well. And so we could design stuff and we're kind of a design company. We help people brand stuff, but I also can like, you know, mix music and I can, you know, um, film stuff. Like, it's just, you know, I'm a photographer and I have all these other skills and, and then, and then with that, then I'm also acting primarily. I'm at this theater, right? So the business is made up of me and my skills, but then I'm not really here to run the business because I'm focused because I'm focused on theater and doing other stuff. But and it's not necessarily that I'm slacking on doing any of the business stuff. It's just that like my presence isn't there, right? But then it becomes hard because my presence isn't there for us to communicate and be a singular business. But the business is mine. Like I, like you know, I started it. So you guys are now working on my business, and I'm not there to help. Right? So it's like it just became. It didn't really work out, and it and it showed. And there was a lot of tension, and you know, it strained our relationship, me and Jess's relationship, which was really unfortunate. Um, but we're cool now, which is good because I I really think that uh, honesty is. Very, very important. It's very, very important to get closure, you know, um, just just for the sake of honesty, because you can allow allow yourself to not question. You know, you when you burn a bridge, you always have that question. Oh, am I going to see that person again? What's going to happen if I see them? Mm-hmm. You know, or like, do they still care? Are they mad? And then you relive the moment over and like, no, it shouldn't have ended that way. And they should have done this and I should have done. And it's just like stresses you out. But once you can meet back with that person, have a conversation and get down to like what happened let's get down to the truth of it then you can move on now we can look back we can reorient ourselves back to the goal ahead which is in the future it has nothing to do with the past nothing to do with what happened back there you know so um so i'm really happy that we've been able to squash that you know move past that this was back in 2016 um that stuff went down and um and yeah it's just like it's just nice to move on so you just done primarily acting since then or you still been doing the, like branding and stuff like that just as a yeah, freelance so, capacity so or what? i have a couple of design clients you know there's a lot of people that call me I, I most of my stuff is from word of mouth i'm not like promoting trying to get a lot of clients or anything like that in fact i'm trying to not Taking right because all that time you can't work on your own stuff. Yeah, but like I have this poem that I, you know, that says I I have trouble saying no, and it's true. Like I really do have trouble trouble saying no to projects. Like I feel you know, that. people ask me to do something, like I want to do it, and just want to help and people, I, and, right? And now I had to get into the habit of just running it by Gabrielle because she'll help me know if it's superfluous or not, you know? Yeah. She'll be like, well, she'll ask me to write questions yeah. to get me yeah. to Yeah, and you're like, like, fuck, you're nah, right. It's yeah, the thing I that's like in the back shit. of your mind, that other voice, it's like, no, nah, you shouldn't do this. And you're like, but I want to help yeah, everybody. Exactly. They need help yeah. and I can help them. I have the thing that they need. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So um, I'm, I'm trying to get better about really, really really seeing and visualizing my purpose and what I'm like, what the end goal is 
and anything else that's not going to help me get there, I can just push aside, right? Like I can really narrow it down to like, that's the goal. This is all I have to do to get to that goal. Anything else is going to be extra. It's going to weigh me down. It's going to pull me away. It's going to sway my focus. It's like all sorts of stuff is going to happen um, because I'm trying to go after this. Maybe like it's going to be $200, right, for this stupid project that and I gave them a discount because I felt bad. And I, but really, it's probably going to be like the worst client ever, exactly. and they're going to want thirty rounds of revisions because exactly. they don't know what they are actually looking at. They really don't know what they want. Yes. Yeah, been and there, done like, that before. Fuck, man, why did I, why did I do that again, man? Why did I get myself into that? So, right now, I'm not really taking on any clients. I have a couple that I'm like, these are the last ones. I, like mm-hmm. one of them that I'm working on right now. I'm like, well, dude, I mean, especially if you got your wife stuff, and yeah. I mean, I feel like that in and of itself could be a full time gig yeah. and honestly like I look at some of the stuff that you do and like the stuff you put out and I'm like how the fuck does he have the time for all this stuff man <laughs> like he must literally just be like this is just what I'm doing 8 hours a day 12 hours a day 15 hours a day yeah man like honestly I I get yeah I get exhausted man because not not because the stuff that I'm doing is overwhelming but because I haven't done it in the right order <laughs> yeah. A lot okay, of times, okay, okay. you know, a lot of times I feel like shit, I didn't, I did, I spent all day writing this fucking poem and like, I didn't do anything else. And now oh, let me guess, you probably have up. a to-do, like, you probably have like a to-do list of all the stuff you're supposed to do, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. then the idea for the poem comes to your mind Bro, and it's just look. like all like, I got to write this poem. And then you're like, I didn't do any of my stuff on the to-do list today. Bro, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you right here. <laughs> Cause that's what happens this to me. Is, this is my this is my to-do list for this week. This this week is Friday. You got one of them done. <laughs> it's Friday. Out of what? 15? <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one, man. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, man. So I I'm trying, I'm I'm working on it and, and getting better every day. Like honestly, I'm so thankful for this quarantine because I like this shit would take me 15 years to figure out mm. and it's taken me, you know, a couple months. I'm like, I'm putting it all together. I didn't have, I, I wouldn't be able to show you this notebook before June, before, before whenever the date starts on this, I bought this, like, I bought this, when did I buy this? I bought this like two, three weeks before this started Monday, June 29th. Okay. So That's like three started. months, four months. Yeah. And I bought this like three, four weeks before that. And I was like, okay. Because I had, I was really stressed. Every day, we, okay. We have a folder in our Google Drive. Not Google Drive, super organized. That is all scheduled based off of dates. But then you go through the dates of January, February, you know, 2020. You can go to 2019 or whatever and go all, go through all the dates. But then coming to... Um, March, uh, March 2020, we started a quarantine folder. And then everything in that quarantine folder, I make a new folder for every day of content that is created. And all of the, fo- all, all the days from March to June are filled. 
with content because new photos, new this, new that for, between her and I. It's like every content, day you're doing something. Every day. And I got, I started to get overwhelmed because I was excited about the quarantine in the beginning. I'm like, right. oh, yeah. Ooh, let's Whoa, go. I got time. Like, yes, I can finish all my projects, all my ideas. And I'm like doing all this stuff. And then I was just getting exhausted. Like, fuck, I'm doing this every day. More content, more content, more content. And so, and then we're like, you know, obviously we're around each other every single second. And so I was like, I need to just take a drive. I hadn't driven. Driving is so therapeutic for me. And I hadn't driven in so long. And so I was like, babe, I'm going to take a drive. I don't want you to come with me. I'm just going to go. And this was around the George Floyd stuff and shit. Like, so I'm like fucking terrified going outside, like going to White Rock Lake. It's like three cops driving by. I'm like, fuck, just please. Just let me think, man. Let me think. And, you know, luckily nothing happened. But, um... But yeah, so I went to White Rock Lake and just like just sat in the sun and just thought, just did some deep, deep meditation. And I realized like I need to take a break. I need to just fucking chill. And so I it was like, all right, take a little break, take a little vacation. And I was and driving um back home from the lake, I was like, oh, let me stop by. Barnes and Noble, because I just love going into Barnes and Noble, pick up a design book or some how-to book and just like, it's just a, it's just nice. It's like going to the library. But so I went to Barnes and Noble, did a little browsing and I was like, oh, let me get a little book. And it was this book. I was like, let me get a little, you know, calendar, figure out this, you know, see, see how these calendars work. And I bought the calendar and I was like, oh, this ends, this starts in like three weeks, three, four weeks. And, and I said to myself, okay, if I buy this book, because this is the fourth book I would have bought and not used bought lots of planners that I've never used. So you get a planner every fucking year in high school, middle school that I never used. <laughs> Terrible about time management. I already said that. <laughs> so I bought this. I was like, I'm going to use it in three weeks when it starts. The only way I'm going to use it is if I take a break. I give myself a vacation. And so I proclaimed a staycation. And I said, I'm not, I don't care. I'm not taking on no projects. I'm not doing anything for anybody. I'm not starting anything. I'm not like nothing. I'm not worried about taking photos every day. Like, cause I was trying to document the whole quarantine, not thinking about none of that. I don't care about posting on social media. I'm not going to be stressed watching Gabrielle do her thing on social media and then be like, oh, I need to post. I'm not going to stress myself. Nothing. Vacation. Like, I'm not going to do any projects, not going to edit any photos, no stress. And I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Anything that comes to mind, but I'm not going to feel guilty about things I don't accomplish. <clears throat> so, like, I had, like, two, three, two, three um, projects I needed to finish up. Finished those up, and I was, like, starting Monday, doing that. Took my little uh, break, and, man, when I tell you... Once this started and I started using this, started figuring it out, like how exactly to implement it and what the purpose of it was, it was like, oh shit, man, this is the tool that I've been fucking missing my whole life. Because here's the thing, humans are aiming creatures. So 
what that means is we experience positive emotion not based on having, but based on going towards, right? So that means that you have a target, right? Our eyes are really good at spotting a target, right? Locking in on our target. And that becomes our object of joy. That becomes heaven. Whatever your eyes are looking at, that is heaven. As you move towards it, your body experiences more positive emotion. As you move away from it, your body experiences more negative emotion. So you experience positive and negative as a result of the goal that you are oriented towards. So cocaine is really, really good for you right now. But then beyond that, it's not good. It's good for you right in the moment but it's not acknowledging the future. We feel positive emotion as a product of moving towards the future, right? So when you get addicted to cocaine, now that becomes your future and you get excited every time you think about moving towards it. So any task, even if you lie, if you kill, if you steal, doesn't matter because you're experiencing that positive emotion moving towards that goal. But what you don't realize is that goal cocaine is death. That's going to kill you. It's going to take you away. You're going to get sucked into the past with the cocaine. When you think about life like that, you realize that all of your goals, all your dreams, everything that you desire that is pulling you towards it is the cause of your positive or and or negative emotion. So You have to have a really, really, really powerful, potent vision of your future for you to experience any positivity in your life, right? Because you have to know like, oh, I'm moving towards my life. Like if let's say you want a house with a white picket fence, like that's, that's your dream. Every step that you take towards building that white picket fence is positive. That's like, wow, I feel good about everything I did. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did this. Like, wow, I'm building the house. I'm putting it all together. I'm seeing all the pieces. In your life, you feel better every step you take, right? Now, the issue is, if you can't see it, what is it? It's a dragon. It's, it's scary. It's darkness. If you can't see it, it's not light. Right. And not light is chaos. Not not light is is the unknown. And if your vision isn't clear, then you're in the unknown. Right. You're imagine being in a dark room. There's no light. There's nothing to walk towards. You experience nothing but negative emotion because you have nothing to walk towards. You're just, what the fuck? You're in a room, it's dark, you're hearing noises, you don't know where to go, you don't know where to, right? Like that's, in, in a nutshell, that's your life if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a purpose. And if you're, and if you're unclear on that, uh, it's, it can be very, very overwhelming, right? You're unclear about the, I don't know where the fuck to go. I'm, I'm, it's, it's super overwhelming. So humans came up with a fucking tool. We came up with a tool to measure the future. Do you know how fucking brilliant that is? Mm. We can measure now the future. And every day we can 
break it down into steps and days and say, oh, okay, now I can plan out, I can chart out the path to my fucking vision. I can see the vision that I want to have and then I can fucking put a date on that shit. Put it like, this is where I want this to happen. I want to manifest this moment. What do you want to have, an event? All right, bet, I want to have a party. I'm going to put this day, Friday, December 18th. This is when I want to have a party. Every step that you take towards it. Now I got a goal. You can break it down. I can measure it out. Okay, by this day, we need to have this done. By this day, we need to have this done. Otherwise, it's like, damn, December 18th. Fuck, how am I going to get a party together by December 18th? This is how. Plan it out. This, ex- this helps you experience the positive emotion. And so what I realized after that, what I realized at the, at the um, you know, in that little vacation period is like, I have been missing out on this very, very important tool, the calendar. I've been so afraid of the calendar, so afraid of time. Like, cause I mean, I trust myself. I trust my artistry. I've always been talented. So I'm like, I trust my talent, right? I'm like, I'll figure it out I'll get there. I'll be able to figure it out. Whatever it is, I'll figure it out. But planning, that shit stresses me the fuck out. Don't get me to plan nothing. <laughs> you know, Gabrielle would be like, so, hey, do you want to talk about, <laughs> babe, don't, <laughs> no, 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 I don't, no, like, I, I'll think about it later, like, I just want to know if you can take photos for me. No, nah, I, I, yeah, I'll, t- I'll let you know later. Why? Why am I acting like that to her? Because I'm overwhelmed by my day because I didn't break it down. Mm-hmm. I didn't use the tool. I'm like, oh, I have all these things in my head. What are you doing today? Uh, I Man. don't know. Uh, I'm Man. not sure yet. Exactly. I don't know. Meanwhile, oh, it's like shit. nine o'clock and, already. Uh, because I'm panicking because I know she's going to ask me to do something. And I know I don't have the time to do it, but I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. So I'm just confused, you know? And so, yeah, man, I've like, I've really, I've really started to learn the value of a calendar. I'm getting better at it. Obviously, I'm not a master at making it and knocking it out. I'm like every, every week, like first I was trying to really master my, my days like, what does a day look like? Mm-hmm. This is what I do in the morning. This is what I do this time. This is it. Like, how, what's an efficient day for me? And then, and so I started to get that. Like, I understand the little pockets and certain things I have to nail every day. But um, now I'm trying to figure out the weeks, right? Like, how do I get my weeks in order? Like, what do I, like, Monday, I, you know, being an actor, I've always let the show dictate my schedule, Right, like, I don't need to know what day it is because I have a fucking. Calendar. They're all telling you when it yeah, is. Yeah, they tell me you, when I gotta be there. Yeah. I gotta be here at seven o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> but, but I'm not thinking about the days and the calendar and when it lines up and what's today. Is it Friday or is it Monday? I know it's Friday because it's a two show day tomorrow and it's an eight o'clock show tonight. Like that's how I'm gauging it. Now I don't have theater. Now nothing's going on, so it's just me figuring out my days. So why'd you go with the? I know she got the moleskin. And you're doing a physical calendar, like versus something digital. I'm using it all. So um, I'm coming up with a process that allows me to use the physical as well as the digital. And I realize I need both because I need the physical. So I write it down. It's in my hand. Like it makes it really easy to do and tactile. And then I, I need the digital because it rings. And it like, it reminds me, 
you know, and it gets in my way because I'm designing something and a notification pops up. My The Moleskin doesn't do that. So now, like, so what I had to do was create a process. So create a process for how I take notes and how I give myself ideas. And I, and I, I could do a whole show on just this alone, but like, you know, like I literally had a meeting with myself and G can attest to this cause she was sitting right there. But like I had a meeting to myself, she'll just be on with her headphones. And I broke myself down into a corporation, right? Like I figured out what the corporation was. I was like, okay, we have the founder, right? We have the founder of the company. That's my personal. We got to make sure his job is to make sure he stays alive, right? He's healthy. He's the, I think of him as the old man founder, right? That's my health. That's everything. To He got to be fed. We got to make sure to keep Mr. Anderson alive, right? Then you got the CEO, the executive. That's the actor, you know, pretty boy, main character, you know, he's in the limelight. He's the face of the company, right? So that's acting. He got to answer his emails. He got to make sure he's giving out the, the, the rules, you know. And then you got the, uh, then you have the striped heart. That's the designers. So we'll send a design team out on certain projects every now and again. Then we got the uh, A-Shot, that media company. That's all the photographers and the filmmakers and all of those people. And then we have Lily, which is the personal assistant, right? And the personal assistant is the one that takes all the notes and then makes sure that the bills are paid and it does all the administrative work. And what I realized once I did that is that I wasn't giving enough time to Lily, right? Because there wasn't enough of the administrative stuff getting done. There wasn't enough of the notes being taken properly. There wasn't enough of the, um, of the time management and scheduling being done. So I had to start giving pockets of time to that as though it's a company, thinking about this shit as though it's a fucking organization. Now I'm giving uh, Lily time. I'm like, okay, that needs to have some time in the morning. And so the reason why it's called Lily is Lily's my ex-girlfriend. Um, and she used to actually work for the Stripe Heart company. And she used to help be our assistant. She would do the paperwork and stuff. And me and Lily would get into fights every now and again because I wasn't actually paying enough attention to the shit that she, like the problems that she was bringing up with the company. So she would be like, Hey, like, I'd be like, why isn't this done? She'd be like, well, I tried to tell you to do it. You know, it was supposed to get done in this time. And you told me we need more time. I'm like, well, it's not, you should have, you should have made it more clear that we should have been doing that instead of me doing this. You know, it's like, and so, and so, um, and it's really helpful for me to now think about those moments because I'm like, oh shit, Lily needs more time. Like I need to actually give more time to the assistant so that we can take notes. Like, hey, are are the notes taken? Are the shit is the shit updated? You know, is the calendar updated? So now what I do is <clears throat> uh every uh so throughout the day, the CEO, the the CEO or the founder, they might come up with some fucking kooky ass idea, right? And they gotta tell the rest of the company. But we can't do it. We're, the company's not gonna do it unless it's signed off on by everybody else, right? And it has to be written down in a certain way. So that's me taking, like, so I'll jot down a note, 
jot down a note. If I jot down a note, uh, then the next, then uh, by seven o'clock, at seven o'clock p uh, every day, um, or you know before I go to bed, my shutdown routine is to take anything in my notes that I took in my notes that day, look over, and then put it all in the calendar so that the whole company sees it, right? Which is just me. But like, make sure that I take it from the notes. Let's see what the founder wrote down in his little notebook. Let's see what the executive wrote down. Did was anything missing? Give some time to Lily. Lily will find all that stuff and then put it in the calendar. Now I have it in the digital calendar. So it's written physically. Now it's in the digital calendar. Then once it's in the digital calendar, then I put it in this guy, which is the physical calendar. Because now it's like, okay, I can see what weeks are, are um, what week it's uh, supposed to be done because this is broken down into weeks. I love every page is a different week. So then, like, if I, if I see something, I'll be like, okay, it's good for, like, I can get this done in this week and then I can update the digital calendar to reference both things. Um, and then, uh, and then from that, <clears throat> every morning, I make sure to check this and then, Throughout the day, I checked my digital calendar. And it wasn't until I was able to break down the break it down into a company that I was uh, that I was able to figure it out because now I can prioritize like when I have a task that is for acting, that takes priority. That goes to the top. If I have a task that's for health, that's for a personal, and all these like the little colors that you see in here, like all these colors, so this is for a shot that, this is for Stripe Heart, purple is for Stripe Heart, blue is for personal, blue says mail-in voter registration, right? Like that's personal. So that's the stuff the founder takes care of. But then I got the executive, the executive takes care of stuff like um, record record music, right? Like that's what the executive, he's a writer, he's a, you know, he's me, basically. But like, you know, so I have all of that. And I'm able to, I, once, I, once I can see it like that, it allows me to, to organize myself. Because I'm good at business. Like, I understand business structure, but I don't understand my own, like, structure of my life. So, but using something I already know to organize and integrate myself into one properly uh, efficient, optimized human being... Uh, then I can, I mean, I can really do anything, right? Like I am capable of anything. So then how do you, like I remember you mentioned that you said like this week, you showed me you had a list of like 10 or 15 things for this week and one of them got done out of all of those. So then how do you handle when that happens? And then all of a sudden all the weeks are just thrown off or whatever. So, so, um, so I have a system like there's either how I cross it off. If I cross it off, that means I did it. And if I act, and if I like scribbled through it, that means that it didn't get done. Like it wasn't something that got done. But I don't scribble it until I've given it another week. I've assigned it another week, right? So I can't just like, like it's gonna stay there in that week and it's gonna stay open. <coughs> the goal is to cross everything off. Like right. I want every page to be crossed off. And so I'll cross every page off, but if I cross the page off, the what I what I cross off mat like it matters. So 
it's only X'd if it's done and it's scribbled if I if I put it somewhere else where I am going to get it done. Um, and then those things will stay there until they get done. So they'll just keep moving to the next weeks. But the goal is like what like after two weeks, I'll really notice I'll take note of it. Like, why didn't I do it? Um, but then um, after three weeks of moving it, then I'll be like, okay, what's going on? There's a reason why I didn't do it. I didn't, I haven't been doing this thing three times, right? It's come, uh, it's like, it's like um, forestalling your, uh, your like student loans or something, right? Like after the first one, they'll be like, all right, cool. You, then the second one is like, hey man, like don't keep deferring them like that. And then the third one, then they got to ask some questions, you know? So I'm like, and, and the questions are reasonable, right? Like, I'm coming at myself as though I am truly an employee, you know? Like, what? why isn't this getting done? And it might be a legitimate reason, right? It might be, look, this is too overwhelming of a task. Or maybe the task that I'm putting down isn't broken down enough. Maybe I'm saying design website, and I should be saying create this page or start this thing. You know, like maybe it's something else. So I need to revisit how I'm trying to get that thing done. Um, and so yeah, it's really it's just it, it's just always helpful to look at it as like a, like it's a business. You know, um, if I don't get something done. I got to ask myself, why, why isn't that happening? Sometimes it's stupid. Sometimes like, shit, I'm just being lazy. Like, or I don't want to do this. Or maybe I'm like mad at, you know, somebody for, you know, not choosing my idea. So like, I just putting it off because I don't want to do their idea. You know, it's like, it could be anything, but, but when it gets pushed to certain weeks, I have to really analyze it. So then it becomes about Lily being really good about nailing which week that we can do it, right? Like, I can't I can't get it done this week. This isn't the week we should be doing it because I should have been thinking, you know, like I should have been thinking about the fact that we got a cookbook coming out this week and I was supposed to be designing this other stuff and that should have had priority. So maybe I shouldn't have scheduled me to do the podcast this week or this moment or I double booked myself or whatever, you know? But I write it down in pen, um, I have multicolored pens and shit, and it's all like according to my brand. It literally is all broken down the same way. I love it, man. Because it's just helpful. So you, I guess you took um, yourself probably through a whole branding, like everything too, then yeah, right, and the whole brand overall, like man, everything, completely everything. You like make your own style guide and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, made my style guide, uh, uh, press packet, like just all of the aspects. Um, I'm still, I, I'm still trying to figure out certain things because I just figured out how my YouTube correlates with the colors. Like, cause I have different categories for my YouTube videos. I have, you know, Ace Adventures, Ace Talks and Dissecting Religion. And, um, and then like what all of those things re- like are v- via my colors so I can make all my thumbnails right. the yeah, same yeah. and yep. consistent. So it's like a consistency. Yeah. You look through the page of like a bunch of videos. You can see like, oh, there's all these, there's yeah, these, there's these. these. Are, all the red ones are adventures. All the yellow ones are dissecting religion. All the purple is Ace Talks, right? And it's doing that. So I'm st- I was actually doing that today, just trying to um, get all that stuff together. But yeah, man, just one step at a time, man. Just trying to look at it as though it's a company, 
Like I'm looking at myself as though I'm a company. Yeah. Which I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you have to, I mean, that's kind of one of the things I've talked about on this show from very beginning of it a few years back is that as a freelancer, it's like you have to look at yourself as a business because yeah. you are, you're a single business within one person mm-hmm. or you and whatever team that you're working with. And if mm-hmm. you don't look at it that way, like you're not gonna, like nobody's going to take you seriously mm-hmm. as a business. If you don't take yourself seriously as a business. hundred percent. Well, dude, um, I think we're going to have to do this another time to continue. Cause I feel like there's still so much that we didn't hit on, Absolutely. but we're kind of like reaching the end of what I usually will do on a show. So I guess we can take just like a couple minutes to wrap up this mm-hmm. one for this conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, I said, coming up, we'll have you out again. Uh, what if you could kind of consolidate some of the stuff that we talked about mm. today, what do you think are the big like takeaways that people should take away from this? I'm going to say this because I say it every time and this is my thing. You got to have truth, trust, and patience with everything that you do. Everything that you do, truth, trust, patience. You have to start with truth. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with others. You got to be honest with your people that you love because why the fuck are you lying to people that you love? You shouldn't be lying to people that you love about anything because lying gets people killed. It's just fact all the time. Watch true crime and you'll know that. But So you got to be honest with people. And then second, you got to trust people. What you got to recognize is that money is the physical embodiment of trust. Because when I give you a dollar, I'm asking you to trust that that dollar, that piece of paper is worth something. And it's worth whatever you're giving me for it. And so you have to now trust. And we gotta trust the government, that the government is gonna say that this money is valuable. Right. And you realize that people that don't have trust don't got a lot of money. So if you want to have money, you got to trust people. But not just for money, for love, for 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 the sake of 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 life. Right. You have to have trust because that's the only way that you invite the best in people. That's the way you get the best in people. Because like we said, when I put my hand out, I'm, I'm putting out the best part of me and asking for the best part of you in return. And then we can be the best, right, together. And we're honest. But we also know that we're humans, so we're going to fuck up. We're going to do some shit that we shouldn't have done. We're going to say some shit we didn't mean. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, like do something disrespectful, but we're not going to kill each other for, over it. I'm just going to be patient that you come around and you're going to be patient that I come around. Now we figure it out because look, I trust you. Like why the fuck are we arguing? Like me and my wife got to do that all the time. Like we'll be like arguing about something or be mad. Like, well, I didn't know we were going to do that. It's like, baby, do you not trust me? And you got to really think about that. Like, no, I mean, I, I do trust you, so so why am I yelling at you? You know, why am I mad if I trust you? If I trust, like you know, if you're driving and I trust you as the driver, 
Right? Am I going to be... No, no. Turn I didn't know you about to change lanes right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's fine. I'm driving. You, cool. I got this. I got this, yo. <laughs> so you got to trust each other and you got to have patience. It's the, the, those three things, I would say, that sums up anything that you'll ever hear me talk about. Right? I, I'm the, I love to say I'm the plant-eater-truth speaker, you know? Because I speak truth. That's, the, that's, that's it. The truth shall set you free. It's not a hoax. It's not a game. It's not hocus pocus. It's not, you know, fantastical magic. No, it's real. The truth is a rock. And you cannot fuck with the rock. <laughs> no matter how you, no matter how hard you try. Ask, ask Dwayne Johnson. You know <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool, how man. I wrap this shit up, bro. Well, dude, I really appreciate it, man. Where, uh... Where can people find you and your work? Yo, you can online? find me on any platform. Ace shot that. Um, check me out. Like, you know, I'm snapping a photo. You can find me, uh, aceshotthat.com. Or you can go to my website, which is uh, aceofalltrades.xyz. But the easiest way for you to find me is on Instagram, at aceshotthat. Uh, but you'll find me on any platform, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, all of it cool man yeah man well dude thanks so much for coming out it's been awesome dude appreciate it until next time yes sir thanks so much Ace for coming on the show really glad to have you the last interview on the show and uh, thank you all listeners once again for being here any length of time I'm very glad that we got to share some space together and uh, I hope you all have a great life cheers Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy. Big production value, freelance, agility, and scale. 